I mean, did you get the questions? Oh, Superior Merchandise Co. at gmail.com. So, uh oh. Uh oh. So uh -oh. some so somebody who was not Is it me? No, I, no, no. I messed it oh, up definitely. before. Did I mess it up on the first one? Oh yeah. Bring her in. Let's talk about how we messed up again. Ah! <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Follies in Technology. <laughs> an engineer and a self-proclaimed graphic, <laughs> graphic designer. designer. Living in an urban desert this year on Comic Sands. <laughs> 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 State Coffee Collective Podcast. Welcome back. My name's Matt Pfeiffer. My co-host is Kevin Miner. That's right. Uh, today we are talking to Felicity. Mm -hmm. And Kevin, you usually have some introductory questions to ask our friend. Oh my god! Uh, well, right off the bat, um, good friend of the podcast. We love Superior Merchandise yeah. and Co. And we love Touchy Coffee. And you are one of the people who make those things possible for us, Felicity. We always ask people right off the bat, uh, "Who are you?" How are you and what do you do? Hi, I'm Felicity Jones. I am co-owner of Superior Merchandise Company and Touchy Coffee in Troy, New York. And I'm great. Saturday is my favorite day of the week. I get to work in the shop. Sun was out today. Patio's open. Everybody was in a good mood. Um, so yeah, Saturdays are great in my world. Um, and what do I do? A lot of things. <laughs> I wear many, I wear many hats, um, some a lot cooler <laughs> than others. Um, my, one of my main jobs is kind of, um, graphic designer, creative director, brand in person for superior and touchy coffee. Um, so do I do all the things that kind of make those brands look as nice as they do. Um, I am in charge of beverage buying at superior. So all the non coffee drinks you see in there, um, is kind of me. I do a lot of the menu development of the specialty drinks and all the beer, wine, kombucha buying, um, that stuff. I also have acted as GM in, at Superior Merch for the almost six years that we've been open. And now kind of my role that I'm leaning hard into for Touchy is helping with sales and getting new accounts. And that is a whole new world for me. So it's been really fun to start working on that. So yeah, you, like you said, you wear many hats and, uh, First of all, I gotta congratulate you on on two like incredible brands. I I want to say that Touchy Coffee and Superior Merchandise are like two of my favorite brands, just from like an aesthetic point. Mm -hmm. And all the people that you that you've employed are just amazing. I look up to Matthew Loyacono. Mm -hmm. uh, coffee Dad, Coffee Dad. We literally talk about Coffee Dad every day on mm -hmm. the podcast. We talk to him every day. We do also talk to him every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's the best. Um, yeah, our. Um, our team is unreal and we definitely wouldn't be where we are right now if it wasn't for them for sure. Yeah, agreed. You, you have a, you actually, so you just interviewed someone before you came here. I, I kind of, um, I, I do want to touch on that at some point, but the first question I wanted to ask you is which one of those hats of the many hats that you wear, did you put on first? Um, graphic designers, what I went to Graphic design is what I went to school for and what I did in my life prior to owning a small business. Um, and I actually, so I worked like a regular nine to five desk job at multiple different places as a graphic designer. Um, and I still do a lot of client work. Um, I have some pretty incredible clients that I'm super happy about and proud of. Um, so I still do as much graphic design work 
as I can in between things because it is like what I'm really passionate about and it really doesn't ever feel that much like work to me because I really enjoy it. So that is my first and favorite hat, honestly. Ooh, well, that's good. I, I, I've noticed that you have a, um, a, a love of font types. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But like, but like, not not just like like normally people have like fonts that they appreciate seeing. No, you're like into fonts. <laughs> did, yeah. Did that, did that start like? Are you one of those? Uh, were you one of those kids who like wrote their name every way possible during calligraphy and art class, or like did you did you just get into that, or was that something that like came along with the graphic designing? I have been into, yeah, doodling, writing my name all over notebooks in school, that kind of thing. I made a lot of homemade greeting cards when I was younger and like not even just younger, like all throughout high school for, for boyfriends and stuff. I was like kind of known for like making the best greeting cards. (laughs) Yeah. So it's kind of always been there and has slightly developed over the years, you know? That's awesome. Wouldn't that be a sweet high school accolade? Like, you know, like... <clears throat> Best grading mo- card? Yeah, like, most likely to succeed, most, uh, you know, uh, uh, most athletic. Best greeting cards. Most likely to buy out Hallmark? Yeah. Is that what you, <laughs> what you wanted? I wanted to work for Hallmark so bad in high school. Really? Like, that's what I wanted to do when I grew up. Oh, damn. And then, so so you go for you go to school for graphic design. Where did you go? Uh, Casanobia. It's out near Syracuse. Super tiny liberal arts school. Yeah. I looked into Casanovia because I was I was also in the graphic design world when I was looking for school. Yeah, I ended up going a different route, but I fell in love with graphic design. I've actually fallen back in love with it recently, too. You've been doing a good job, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been messing around with Adobe Illustrator again and shit. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think it's just nice design is an important thing. Agreed. Good design. Yeah. What was what was the experience at Casanova like? Um, fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I grew up in a tiny town. Um, le- more cows than people. Like I graduated high school with thirty five kids. Whoa. So yeah, really tiny. So I knew I didn't really want to go to a huge school, and so Cas was bigger than my high school, but not like a big school by any means. Um, so yeah, it was good. Um. I excelled in my classes. I like not to toot my own horn. This is actually really weird to say out loud, but I won like a bunch of awards and was basically the best graphic designer in my grade. Yo. Yeah. No, that's what's that's up. That's awesome. That's that's not tooting your own horn. That's stating a cool fact. Yeah, that is literally just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's okay, awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. So I I mean obviously you've had a passion for it. You get out of school, you're you're in the graphic design world and it, was there was there something that like just there was like an entrepreneurial itch that you had to scratch or what was what was the um what was the factor that was kind of the switch maker for you moving from graphic design into being an entrepreneur? Yeah, so basically my original business thought slash plan was that I was going to have a graphic design studio with a small like curated retail section in the front similar to what Superior has now um and that was just going to be me solo only person working there super chill um and then it kind of I met Mike um we traveled a lot when we first got together and we both started getting more into the beverage world, um, craft beer, wine and coffee. Um, and that's kind of how this all morphed into what it is now. Um, just like started getting into coffee, started going to coffee shops when we were traveling to bigger cities. Um, And just then when we were here in the capital region, there was just really hardly anywhere to get a good cup of coffee. Um, This was, you know, uh, uh, 10 years ago, eight years ago. So the coffee scene here has changed drastically since then, thankfully. Big time. Yeah. And only for the better. That's kind of how that all happened. Um, And that's that's where the cafe component came in. It's just because we kind of wanted to create a space 
that we saw the need for and that we wanted to go to. Mm. You know, I I do want to ask one question I think is important because everybody here in this conversation knows what Superior Merchandise Company is, right? But for our listeners, could you give like a kind of a brief overview of what Superior Merch is and, and what that little shop is like and also yeah, where it is? Yeah, totally. So Superior Merchandise Company is in downtown Troy, New York on 4th Street and it is a specialty coffee shop, uh, curated retail shop, and a community gathering space. Um, everything we kind of bring in and do is all geared towards getting closer to our community. Uh, that kind of thing is really important to us and one of our main goals. Um, it's been a little harder to do with COVID. Can't really do as many community events as we once did, but still, you know, trying to do what we can. We actually added a kind of grocery slash pantry component to to Superior since COVID started. So that's been actually a big piece of the puzzle recently and has been doing really well because um, there is no grocery store in downtown Troy. So we kind of are providing some grocery basics to yeah. our neighborhood. Yeah. That way people don't have to, you know, go over the river or, or down, you know, down a ways to get groceries, right? You can just kind of like, if it's in your neighborhood, I've always loved that idea of living in a city is being able to just like be in your neighborhood, neighborhood grocery store. Yeah. And just kind of like walk down the street and grab whatever you need. And oh, I love that community. Yeah. Honestly. Well, and Troy kind of has that feel a little bit, but then also I think um, from my perspective, at least switching over to having a lot of those essential things last year was a really good move on your guys part it really showed like a level of care for the community thank you really appreciate that yeah we weren't sure how it was gonna go but first we started off small with like just like putting the stuff that we were buying to use behind bar out on the shelves as well so our sourdough our milk that kind of thing but then everybody was like oh this is great this is great so then we started getting local produce, local eggs, bacon, um, more pasta. And so almost everything um, in the pantry section is local. That's great. So, yeah. So supporting other farmers and, and makers as well and stocking that stuff. Yeah. And obviously that seems like it's something that you're going to keep as you move forward with. Super yeah. Yeah. We decided that it um, was a really good fit, actually. Um, so we're going to continue to grow that section. Of One of the things kind of a little bit of everything right now. Yeah. Coffee, Which beer, wine, kombucha, home goods. Mm. Ooh, hell yeah that's like that's one of the things that i love about superior merch and i wish we had something like that closer to saratoga because yeah, albany's really not that far that. we Al don't have that albany and troy like they're not that far away but yeah. they're just far away enough that it's a it's a bit of a trip you know um so Especially i love with that. that north Bay traffic oh yeah oh, yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> the twin bridges am i right yikes <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so one thing that we really wanted to get into is kind of how you took, um, superior merchandise from concept to a reality. Yeah. yeah. What, what was that like? And, and, you know, there's so much uncertainty and planning and, and networking and figuring out exactly what you're going to do. What did yeah. that look like? And, and, you know, maybe just tell us sort of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, um, I'm not sure if this is what I should be saying out loud, but like me and Mike had never run a business before ever. Um, neither of us had ever taken a business class or worked in hospitality. I'd never worked in the service industry before. I've never worked a coffee job other than Stewart's. I did work at Stewart's in high school. Oh, shout out. <laughs> I'll tell Stewart's. Um, so we really we knew the kind of space that we enjoyed uh, and from experience, you know, experiencing it elsewhere. And so we definitely had a good idea of like the space we wanted to create in our heads, but getting there was wild. I mean, so we basically built out the whole store ourselves and we had no idea about service flow and any, you know, all that stuff that you should know when you're opening a 
uh, a cafe. <laughs> um, but so we kind of learned as we went. And then luckily we met Matthew who kind of got us, he recommended the good gear. You know, he knew finally we had someone that was our coffee person. And thankfully he's still our coffee person. Um, but yeah, so once we got him on board, it was like, he could answer a lot of the questions coffee wise that we didn't exactly know the answers to. But then, I mean, so like, I guess the basics were there. Like I always, the store like retail selection is based off my personal taste pretty much. Um, mm. So that was a thing that was just like me buying my favorite things and stocking the store with it. That part was easy for me, but I had never merchandised shelving. I never, you know, like all the displays and everything that was totally new to me. Um, so it's a lot of trial and error. I feel like when we look back at old pictures of the store, we're like, what the hell were we thinking? <laughs> so we definitely, we've learned a lot in the past five and a half years for sure. Um, I don't know if that's actually answering your question, but just, we literally had no clue what we were doing, but worked really hard and are luckily, thankfully still here. Yeah. Um, that, that actually, that, so that does answer the question. I kind of wa was wondering more specifically, like, what was it like finding that space? And, um, did it take a while? Oh my God. Yeah. This is a whole other, this should be, this is a whole other podcast. Is it? <laughs> uh, basically, Mike and I bought our building. It was for on the city foreclosure list um, because it was literally collapsing into the building next door and was going to be demolished. My God. Um, so we put in two years of renovation work into the building before we even opened Superior. Wow. Two years? Yeah. I had no idea. So you had to you had to fix this building structurally. Yes, exactly. But yeah, before we could even start working on the cosmetic, like fun stuff. Oh my god! So during this time, you are um, working you are a day job. Working a day job, you are paying for rent or mortgage on your house or your apartment, right? Like where you live. Yeah. And then you're also paying a second mortgage or rental on this building, I assume, right? Unless you paid for it in cash. Wow. Foreclosures can be cheap, <laughs> but like that is I, impressive. Yeah. We didn't pay for it in cash, but um it was we were naive and I think our the contract we walked through was very optimistic. Um and so, you know, just like two young kids buying a building had no clue like what to look for, what to ask about. We're just like, oh, yeah, cool. Let's do this. And then we bought it. And then we started figuring out all the things that were wrong with it. Oh. And then the whole process of getting loans and getting loans approved and all that took so much time. We bought the building in 2013 and Superior didn't open until 2015. Wow. Wow. And, and so during that two years, you guys are you were obviously, you, you know, you said you had never owned a business before. You're learning about what the process is like to get those loans and what it takes to literally uh, build a business from the ground up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So, it, was it was it hard? Are there are are there loans out there that are available for people who are looking to renovate foreclosed buildings? It's really hard for yeah. sure. It took forever for us to get approved for the loan that we needed, <sighs> like six plus months of just sitting and waiting. And, and during that time, people are coming in and out of the building and looking at it. And essentially, like, it's almost like people are kind of like assessing and deciding. Well, financial companies are deciding whether or not they want to take a gamble on it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And did you have to do any like um, convincing on your own part uh, or like. Uh, yeah, I think we had to like show our business plan and show what we were trying to bring to the community and like just show that we we're trying to turn this little neighborhood that we're in now around a little bit because it definitely was still pretty sketchy when we first bought the building it, our neighborhood is over here on forest street has changed so much in the past five years big time well and so here I, I say big time but like i've only known it for the past three what was it like five years five plus years ago was like yeah when you first opened yeah, there was like no so rare form had just opened 
Yep. Mm. Yep. Well, or they had opened, they opened like a little bit before Superior did. Okay. But like, so there was no restaurants, there was no bars. Howway, the Chinese food place was there. And um, no name design, the sign making place was there. Yeah, so there was just really no bars or restaurants or any people walking around over here at all. Mm. And even like our first two or two, I guess, years, there was so little foot traffic over here that Superior kind of became more of like a destination spot versus like getting the foot traffic you would think it would get in downtown Troy. People oh. would come specifically for Superior, Superior Merch and then leave? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I was going to say it's funny that you mentioned that, like, you know, uh, it, Superior Merch became a destination spot because for me, it still kind of is, like, my first stop. I mean, now you guys have totally. Bourbon and Wolves there, which is, like, that was... I was like, this block is amazing now, my favorite section of Troy, you know? <laughs> but, like... Uh, before Bourbon and Wolves opened up, I would come to Superior Merch and then I would like go down to Riverfront, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, well, luckily, we're getting, you know, more and more stuff opening over here. And then I think it's going to spread even further down into South Troy, which is really exciting. That is exciting. I, I, I love that you guys took a foreclosed building and then literally probably put blood, sweat, and tears into it. And mm -hmm. not only that, you believed in it so much, you were able to get the loans that you got. And then you opened up 2015. And what was the general reception like then for Soup Merch? Um, questionable. <laughs> <laughs> um, people really, uh, the biggest question we would get is people would walk in and like kind of look around and you could see the questions just like running through their head and then they would just say, what is this place? <laughs> like, I just, we're in like a lot of bigger cities. I feel like the, um, you know, the concept of having like multiple like revenue sources in one space is like not is like pretty common. Yeah. Like the combination of like home goods and a cafe, like was just like blowing people's minds yeah. and just no one could really grasp it. But I, we have seemed to win people over. I can only imagine. I mean, well, you know, it's like, um, it's the whole idea of like a curio shop, you know, like there's so many different things available to you and you, you go in and like each one's different from the other. And that's kind of the beauty of them is that, uh, you know, one is cafe and retail, and then the other one is like clothing, and they also happen to have some handmade goods from someone like down the road, or like you know, you know, custom yeah, printing yeah, things yeah. like that. Curio shops are great. I know. Yeah. It, and to me, what Superior Merch does it, it for me uh, is I walk into that space and I feel like I'm at home. Right? Mm -hmm. It feels comforting. Mm -hmm. It feels like. I also, I got to be honest, it makes me really want to spend a lot of money on stuff that I definitely like don't need right now, <laughs> you know? I'm doing my job. Yeah, you're Yay! killing it. Uh, and then obviously, yeah, you guys have got the coffee. I love the back patio area. Um, mm -hmm. It Obviously, businesses grow and change over time. From 2015 to now, mm -hmm. what's like the biggest area of improvement that you would say Superior Merch has had? Um, I mean, just, I think growth and acceptance in general, like people are, I don't know, one, as I'm sure you guys know, the coffee scene in the capital region has grown so much. Like, I mean, you know, we would go weeks and weeks without selling a single Cortado the first year we were open because no one knew what the hell they were. And now... You know, like it's we make them constantly all day. Um, but so it's just like I feel like a lot of people are getting more into into specialty coffee or at least know what it is. Um, and then also same thing um, in the retail area, too. There at, at first I had to kind of like. I don't know if dumb down is the right phrase, but like I couldn't get a lot of the stuff that I really wanted to bring in just like as far as price point and that kind of thing. But I really feel like the um, shopping as like Troy as a shopping destination has kind of grown a little bit too. Troy has grown as a shopping destination. I've noticed more people parking down there and kind of walking around, checking places out. I mean, I do that now. I, when yeah, I go down there yeah. a lot. 
Kenzie, yeah. Kenzie had to drag me home. We went down to we went down to Soup Merch, just the two of us, um, a couple of months ago to mm-hmm. just have a cup of coffee and get you know change of scenery. And I like wanted to r- walk around and explore. She's like, she really had to drag me out of Troy. She was like, we really? gotta go home. Yeah, because we it's like stuff to do that day. It was a oh. weekend. We had to do stuff around the house. She's like, come on, like, let's just go check out Ernan's place. It's right around the it's corner, right you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, it's a city of friends now. I feel like all my favorite people live in Troy. Yeah. Except uh, you. Random random question before we keep going. Um, what's your preferred abbreviation for superior merchandising? Oh my god, I literally was just gonna say I think it's so interesting hearing what people abbreviate superior merchandise company as. I realize we've called it all three. What did I what did I just podcast. call it? You, sc- you called the soup merch. Soup, soup merch. Yeah. Okay, so there's soup merch, superior merch. Some people just say merch. Um SMCO. Yep. Simco. Um, yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, I think when I talk about it shorthand, just in conversation, I just say superior. I just think it's cool if people abbreviate it at all. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Matt, what do you go with typically? You go soup merch? Uh, soup merch or Simco? I say Simco. Yeah, you, yeah, you, I you always brought me on to Simco. Simco is so funny to me. I love it. Yeah. I it's just it's the first way I ever read it when I read it abbreviated in text and I was like, oh Simco, I like that. Yeah. Like <laughs> so. Can I put in a little um not well known fact into the yeah. podcast? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, not a lot of people know. I mean I'm sure a lot of people wonder like why the hell did they name themselves that? Yeah. Um but the name came from, we were doing some research about the spaces that had previously been open in our building before we owned it. And in the um, 70s and 80s, there was like a novelty toy shop open in our space called Superior Merchandise Company. Whoa. Whoa. So this is like a nod to the past. Yeah, totally. Oh my God. Yeah, we don't just think we're the best. Like, we didn't just come up with that name out of the blue. But that guy did. Yeah, that (laughs) That guy guy thought he was the best for sure. (laughs) He sold whoopee cushions. He sold mood rings. A lot of types of flags. Superior merchandise. That's what he sold. (laughs) A little bit of everything. I, I feel like there was probably someone down the block called just Merchandise and & Co. And like he and, opened and up. they had and a tiff, like, you know? Yeah, that, like that was their version of competition. So I, there's a little lesser fact. I love that. I'm I'm totally in love with that. I'm actually, uh, I've been looking at a space in uh, Troy and I'm going to open up Inferior Merchandise LLC. <laughs> <laughs> just for some flavor. That's that's what I want down there. <laughs> I'm I'm not even gonna have much. Like, <laughs> like people are just gonna be like, what do you have this week? I'm like bamboo mats. That's it. Bamboo that's mats. Got. I got bamboo, bamboo mats, mats and lawn chairs. That's it. <laughs> so oh good. God. All right. Uh, so I, all right. I want to turn our attention now to um, entrepreneurial activity number two. I could have been. Oh, I like been that. No, better. that was good. That was good. Yeah. Um, so touchy coffee. We touchy coffee is an interesting one to me because um, it already existed when I got into specialty, right? Right. Uh, you you guys have been. How long has touchy coffee been around? Yeah, now? was it there when you opened? No. Um, oh. Well, I, mean, I thought of it was always there. Yeah. Like it was always there as an abstract thing. Um, but touchy coffee uh, was born in. Early in March 2018, I'm pretty positive. Ooh, nice. All right. So it took us so long to decide on a name. And we've we've actually we've we've talked to Matthew about the name Touchy Coffee for a long time. You know, on and off, we've you know, yeah, because we've come to him with ideas for company names, and he's like, I he's like, I can't. He's like, I have no place in this conversation. I named a coffee company Touchy. I know, dude. I love that. Um, no, I love that. Dude, tell, yeah. tell us about what Touchy Coffee is and why you named it that. Yeah. Um, so Touchy Coffee is um, kind of like the roasting sister business of Superior Merchandise Company. As you guys both know, um, our director of coffee, Matthew, um, had 
previous green buying and roasting experience from his um, prior job to Superior. And so we knew we always knew we wanted to tap into that eventually. Um, and so we finally did. And he just has like such an awesome way of talking about coffee and really appreciating it and getting others to think about coffee in a different light. Um, the light that it should be talked about in. Um, and yeah, I just remember Matthew just said to this, said to me one time, you know, just like how much of a miracle coffee is as a thing. Um, just like, and I don't know until that moment, even as, you know, after opening a cafe, I don't know if I'd ever actually thought of it like that. Um, but ever since it's kind of just like, I don't know, I get really emotional thinking about it sometimes, like how much work goes into, um, running the coffee farms, planting everything, harvesting, drying, fermenting, importing, exporting, um, and then roasting and then brewing and just like how many hands touch that those beans before they get to your cup and before you get to enjoy that cup of coffee. And it's just like for all those things to happen and for all those things to happen in ways that are successful in order to make the successful beverage that's in front of you is just like kind of mind blowing when you actually stop and, and uh, think about it, you know? Yeah. And then you pour a bunch of milk into it. Oh, <laughs> man. Hey, I'm sorry, I couldn't. Sometimes you, you uh, yeah, sometimes you do, Matt. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Don't. You don't, but I, we sorry. know people who do. <laughs> Wait, Felicity. I, did you hear our bit? Did did we? Yeah, did we send you that bit? Did you hear? I, mean, our, I would never like drink a bunch of milk into a geisha pour over. I'm not. I'm not like exactly. saying. Exactly. Did you hear our fake commercial for it? No, you. Oh, we're gonna send it to you after the podcast. So you are good. you are going to cackle it's at it. So it is good. that funny. When I made it, I laughed myself to tears. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's how I know that I'm making something fun. Is when I literally laugh myself to tears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, basically that's kind of like the concept behind the name was just like how many hands touch the the coffee before it finds its way to your cup and like all. I don't know, everybody's hard work that comes together to make this thing happen. But then like the fact that almost our entire, the world consumes it as such a commodity thing that you just only drink it because you need energy is just like so sad to me sometimes. Oh yeah. So I'm just so happy that um, coffee is starting to get appreciated more um, for the special beverage that it is in the same way that wine and whiskey and all other beverage categories are appreciated in ways. Yeah, I agree with that. I actually said to someone just the other, a good friend of mine, um, she messaged me about coffee and then uh, we were chatting and I was just like, coffee's the new wine. I was like, I don't know if people are saying that yet. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm saying it. I'm saying it now. Love that. Coffee's the new wine. Okay. So I'm super into comparing the um, natural wine and coffee worlds and just like, crossovers between things or things like we just have we have a new coffee coming out that is um it's varietal is referred to as a field blend which is super common in the natural wine world yeah i've never heard it before in the coffee world and i just like blew my mind i was like stoked I just think that's so cool. Yeah. Can you tell us uh, what coffee that is so I can uh, set money aside to order it? <laughs> it's a new Honduras that's coming out in two weeks. Mm. All right. Cool. What's the, it, you know, it, I, I don't know how much, how deep your, your knowledge goes on this specific kind of uh, a process or I guess pre-process, but what, what is a field blend? Because I know I certainly don't know and I'm sure a lot of people would like to know. Yeah. Um, basically in the wine world, a field blend is when, um, a farmer or producer takes, um, bits of every varietal grown on their land, um, and, and turns it into, um, so it's not really a blend because it's all, I would, I guess it is a blend, but it's not a blend in that, like, 
You know how blends in coffee world are traditionally two different coffees roasted and then blended together? Yes. Mm-hmm. This this is the coffee being blended together green. So yep. it is a field field blend, but not blend in the same sense as like what people traditionally think of as a blend in the coffee world. Do you know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah, this is this is pre the process where you would be thinking about blending. It's pre Exactly. It's that pre pre baby. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's basically a farmer taking um, a little bit of every varietal on their piece of land. I love that concept because that, I, one, it's audacious. It's like, yes, everything was good. You know, like that to me, that's what, that's what someone say. They're like, everything was that good that I could just, I could throw it together and you're going to love it. Well, and I think it really gives you an overarching kind of taste of a uh, time and a place. In the wine world anyway, that's kind of like what it's always meant to me. And I feel like it's probably the same to that to that farmer. It like gives a true sense of time and place to this to this coffee because it's okay. all from, you know, the same like same terroir, same same piece of property. Um, yeah, it's almost it's almost like a time capsule for that year yes, in that totally. terroir. Yeah, um, it just was like cool to me to finally see some crossover in language between the two industries. Okay. And I think we'll honestly probably continue to see that happen too. I'm super into hearing about fermentation processes and like experimental mm-hmm. fermentation stuff going on in the coffee world. I just think it's really cool. Not that I think everything needs to be funky fermented, but I just personally like hearing about it. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally prefer naturals, right? So I love to hear about the the post. I, I love to hear about the process and the fermentation. Um, though I have I have heard some commentary in the coffee world about how right now um, this, the especially coffee world is like so obsessed with uh, with fermentation the obsession with anaerobie. Yeah, anaerobie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Matthew and I were just talking about this this morning. Oh yeah. It's so I'm not trying to shit on naturals in any way because I love them as much as the next guy. But we're saying, comparing to the craft beer world, how naturals are starting to get to be like the fruity lactose intense IPA that everyone's (laughs) looking for, bro. That, (laughs) um, whereas like, you know, the real bread and butter is like the washed Ethiopia or the super nice and nutty Brazil. Yep. You're absolutely right. What you're saying is eventually there will be like a sector of coffee called the Anabrobi. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Uh, Got it. Dad joke. Mark it. (laughs) Dad joke marked. Um, 4414. I I actually just, I want to see more um, coffees that are talking about like the body. Like I, I would love to see more people marking what the body of a coffee is like on a bag because I have noticed that yeah there are there are flavors that I tend to lean toward when I see like the reminds us of like there are certain things that when I see it I like almost want to grab it right away but if if someone tells me what the body of a coffee is like and it matches the consistency of the bodies of other beverages that I happen to choose to imbibe, I'm more likely to buy that over the one that might have the same flavor notes that I usually seek. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like with this, this highlight roast that we did this time around, yeah. I was super obsessed with the, with the, um, the fermentation process because, because this, <laughs> yes, because it was were. super unique, at least we in loved my experience. It. Yeah. It was like they did, they did like an aerobic, uh, fermentation. Mm-hmm. So like in open, um, they did like open, uh, tanks that were like wide and short special tanks. Yeah, yeah. So that, so that they were oxidized for like a period of time, 16 hours or something. And then they put them, uh, in cold water tanks and, and, then fermented them for a few days or, or Did weeks. Anaerobic, anaerobically, yeah. yeah. So it was like aerobic, anaerobic. But all that being said, um, it was also grown in a really, really like high quality environment. It was high altitude, yeah. uh, volcanic soil, mm-hmm. and these are um, uh, Katura trees that were like really, you know, be able to be planted really close together. Anyways, the point that I'm trying to make <laughs> is that like. We're so obsessed with process right now in yeah. the coffee industry that people are starting to kind of forget about like just quality in agriculture and growing. Quality and equity, yeah. Yeah. So touchy becomes a concept. Uh, it's finally 
birthed around 2018. Was there was there an extensive process as a co-owner leading up to were you were, did you feel any of the pressure of like the branding and things that were you know around yeah, the corner for you? I put off I put off doing the branding for months and months because I was so nervous and hellbent that like I wasn't good enough to do it because we just see this brand going like places and I was like really nervous that I couldn't create um a look and feel that was like good enough for my own like uh high I don't know just like high expectations yeah you you were having a little bit of imposter syndrome there (laughs) yeah so but then I finally sat down and started working on it and and, I'm now really happy with it for sure. It's yeah. just like really, really friendly, really approachable, um, has a lot of tactile, um, kind of touchy feeliness going on with the packaging, a lot of different textures there, which is really important to me to incorporate. Yeah. Well, I, I was actually going to say that. Yeah. Your bags have a nice feel to them. Yeah. They're, they're so nice and they're carbon neutral, which is great. Oh, that's great. Oh. That's the best part. <laughs> Love that. I know some people probably don't care, but like that's awesome. Those people suck, and those people <laughs> need to start caring. I'm not a I'm not a crowd pleaser. Okay, like let's be real here. If you don't like carbon neutral things, you can just get the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool, man. <laughs> All ten of you stay. Uh, All ten of you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Felicity's like, what's that like? <laughs> yeah, oh my <laughs> right? god. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't own an I don't own and operate two companies yet, just one, and just we one. don't have a we don't have a shop, so nope. so you can say those things, right? Yeah, now. I guess so. And then later, someone will get mad. But, oh, yeah, then I'll get subtweeted, and then yeah. I'll get canceled, and, and then you have it. to go hang out with James Gunn. <laughs> um, so <laughs> sorry, we're just on tangents now. Um, so <laughs> so you end up, so you did like come around to in a very classic graphic designer fashion of eventually designing your bags and then feeling confident in it. And then, you know, you guys, you release this coffee company at, at that point. Um, were you, did you have enough like faith to just kind of be like, all right, cool. I've done everything that I can to this point and let me know when you need, when you need things for it. Or did you still have like a week to week activity that you were performing for that company at the same time you were still developing, still growing uh, Simcoe? Yeah. So honestly, we didn't have the like true, true touchy coffee branding. There was a lot of like, uh, (laughs) I don't know if you guys saw like our first round of bags. Like we had like rough draft packaging that was like a stand in logo, like super, super quick, quick and dirty stand in logo and like just bags that we were trying out. I don't think I saw those. I'll show on you guys pictures. Oh, please. If you scroll back far enough in our Instagram, you'll see what they look like. Oh, so all it right. was basically like a working logo, working packaging. We we're working through our way through different bags to see what we like the best. Um, that kind of thing. So there was like multiple iterations. And then finally, when I'm not really sh- sure what made us finally decide on everything or if it was for a specific reason or not, but we finally did chose the bags we wanted. And then I started figuring out, um, you know, all the different packaging stickers and all that. Um, and then, yeah, we just launched our website finally um, about a month ago, I think. Yeah. Now. And that website is I, a bop. Yeah. I it's love it. It's fire, isn't it? Yeah. It's I'm so like, I'm good. With it. It's really um, good. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I created directed the website but i didn't design it or develop it we we hired that out yo uh i actually so i have another touchy coffee question that that i've been really excited to talk to you about so you've done a couple of substantial things in the last sort of like month or two right you launched your website you also launched the most expensive coffee you have ever offered yeah. And I know that there was some, you know, kind of nervousness around like how it would be received. This is the Carlos Bell Alcazar, that that washed geisha that you have. That we love. Uh, I I just I just happily spent fifty two dollars on a twelve ounce bag of geisha like oh, yeah. a few oh, days ago. Oh my god. Ago. I know it's still so wild to me. Um we it we were all pretty nervous about it. You know, Matthew nervous that like can he roast this coffee up to 
his own standards of what he he knows it needs to be and then like me figuring out i i know you guys probably saw it has like a kind of special label system to it that is a little bit different than our our yeah. normal packaging we were all kind of like a little nervous um but then it was received really really well because i think you guys have spent the last oh gosh i mean even probably pre-touchy right you you've spent let's say the last five or six years creating a community around superior merchandise around your brand mm -hmm. and talking about how coffee is a miracle and talking about the value of coffee and you finally after all this time say you know we're taking a risk on this product we really believe in it mm -hmm. um the and and you have the the whole story wrapped up behind it and why it's so special and people people who know you and trust you and 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 listen to you know what you have to say like myself like heaven we're happy to drop that money and stoked yeah. every time i make that coffee at work uh, like so i work great. in an office where they drink folgers from like the bun the bun you oh know, my god you're brewing that there? i'm brewing it in front of them not on the uh, not on the bun brewer thank god i have an aeropress and a kettle and people make fun of me because i'm the token millennial but i was drinking a 50 dollar bel alcazar uh, next to my buddy who was drinking a friggin' Folgers. So, yep. like, my life at work is pretty dope. Well, yeah, and and I'm sure you can tell, like, the difference between the two. Like, like it would be in a commercial. It's like, look at this guy, and he's, like, looking at a spreadsheet, right? And then it's like, and then there's Matt, and you're just over there, like, poor, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so the launcher that, I mean, so is went really well we're still selling a lot of it it's getting close to being sold out now but still like it's been nice having it on on pour over bar at superior because like people that don't necessarily want to drop that much on a bag of beans can still experience it for a lower price point yes and yeah i mean we just did a lot of back-end work making sure our staff was um educated and able to talk about it to people that had questions because we never want to seem overly pretentious, like, why do you have this expensive of a coffee? But on the other hand, you know, every other beverage category has its best of the best. It's Grand Cru. It's whatever aged whiskey. I don't really know anything about whiskey, but like, you know, like super aged whatever whiskey. Every category has their best thing. And that's just what the Geisha varietal is in the coffee world. Yeah. Totally. It's, I, it's that single barrel, you know, that 23-year-old single barrel. It's that grand crew, you know, or, or even um, the like, you know, the higher-end crew bourgeois. Like, the, it's definitely, it falls into those categories. And mm -hmm. I think that's an important move in the coffee industry. I think that's a huge door that's been opened up by this. It feels really good to finally be at a point um, with the coffee community here and um, in our business that we can finally offer a copy of that quality it's like really exciting yeah and it's not like you took off other coffees you know like other coffees yeah. still exist in the world like you can get whichever level you want just here for the coffee freaks that get super stoked about it and, yeah and yeah. we are freaks <laughs> i'm freaky and stoked that's for sure <laughs> uh, good just how I, we like it Yep. Yeah. I, I want to finish this thought by saying, uh, by, by reiterating an analogy I use all the time when it comes to like value yeah. and coffee, which is um, you, you, what people forget or they have a hard time grasping is that you can have a cup of some of the best coffee in the entire world yep. for less than $10. Yeah. But how much would it cost you to go to a bar and get a glass of the best whiskey in the world uh, or some of the best whiskey in the world? Five hundred dollars. I mean, you're definitely flexing your wallet at that. You're point, flexing. For sure. It's a flex. So yeah. like it's it, it. That's that's really the miracle here. <laughs> are, you, are you saying expensive coffee is the poor man's flex or for like sure. the humble man's flex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the working man's flex. The working man's flex. <laughs> oh, so I good. love it. Um, Feliz. Felicity, you've you've got a ton of experience, and like you said, you know, like the just the two year period leading up to the opening of like Superior Merch, Soup Merch, Simcoe Merch, whatever you want to call it, uh, that could be its own podcast. Um, but really, I I think a really important thing that I think you might have something to say on, and it would impart uh, a little tidbit for somebody who might be thinking uh, 
that they want to dip their toes into the entrepreneurial pool. What are what are like a couple of things, like two or three things that you would say are the most important for starting and building a brand for someone who doesn't know where to start? Okay. My first and most important thing would be you have to be hella sure this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not, if you can't dedicate a thousand percent of your time, energy, brain power, life, sacrifice everything for this thing, then there's no point in doing it. Mm. Cause you'll fall short a lot of the time. Yeah. And, and honestly, there's just so many businesses that are, that close after a year or like turn really shitty after a few years. And it's in my opinion, I mean, it's, you know, for a variety of reasons, whatever, but I just think it's so important for owners to be a hundred percent committed. And like, I think that's me and Mike and also Matthew too. It's, this is our world. And um, I think that's one of the main reasons why we've been so successful. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to add in for people who would be thinking about starting a brand? Like a couple other tidbits that you've maybe learned along the way or that you've learned in college that were, important yeah i would say like do as much as you can yourself but then also know when it's in know when to hire out the important things that like maybe you know it isn't your cup of tea like for instance like if you're not really good at branding or graphic design like i think good good logo and good packaging and stuff is super important now um that's not me trying to get you to hire me either <laughs> but you're hired anyway yeah. <laughs> this, this we're, we we were trying to figure out the right time and place to tell you that this is actually a job interview yeah <laughs> i just think it's really important to to do as much as you can yourself, but then also realize when maybe you have to bring in an expert or someone that's that's super more knowledgeable in whatever the specific thing is. Yes. I although I do I want to I want to ask sort of like a, a pushback on that, which is how do you feel about delegation? Because there's there's hiring out expertise, and then there is delegation. And as an owner, you are doing so many things, and you're responsible for so much. Mm-hmm. When is it okay to say? I'm going to delegate some of these lower priority items so I can focus on, you know, looking at the whole chessboard as opposed to moving. Yeah, one. I'm still working on that. Oh, all right. um, I think I think I think we're finally getting a GM this year, hopefully for hey. Superior. Um, so that'll be big for me. It's been I don't know. It's just like Superior is my baby. And so like doing the, like getting a GM for me is kind of like when your kid goes to school, I think like when your kid goes to kindergarten yep. um, and you're letting them go and in, into someone else's hands. And it's, I don't know, slightly terrifying and nerve wracking, but obviously will end up being good. Oh, yeah. Right. Because because then you're then your baby will know how to make. Uh, you know, we'll know how to make a flat white by itself and, you know, you'll be able to, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How, how was no, that? I love this. I love where you're going yeah, with this. Yeah. yeah. Babies making flat whites. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that, that's awesome. I, I obviously, you know, from your experiences, from the journey that you've been on, you have a wealth of information that we could attempt to tap into right now, but we would, I think we would just find ourselves racking our brains and possibly asking circuitous questions. Mm. Uh, let's, let's wrap this up with our two favorite questions. Matt, you want to shoot the first one? Yeah. Um, Felicity, what is in your mug? If not right now, what was in your mug this morning? What are you drinking? Yeah. What kind of coffee? All right. So, I am one of those iced coffee all year round type of people. Love we it. applaud you. Um, I would say my like workhorse is iced coffee, preferably African, um, with a tiny bit of cream. I know. Cool. Um, but then like when I'm treating myself, uh, cortado or like when I'm, when I'm out, like, in the world in another city, I do 
Cortado to stay, iced coffee to go. Ooh, yeah. Which is the move. That's the move. Yeah, you're thinking ahead. Yeah. Um, but then also I'm like super into, nat- I'm into natural wine right now. So that's kind of like after hours mug. Ooh, what, any particular natural wine that you're getting into? Um, there's a local winery down in the Hudson Valley called Wild Ark Farm that is like what my one of my all-time favorite producers. They're amazing. And all their grapes are grown, not all their grapes, but a lot of their grapes are grown in upstate and then on Long Island. So it's like local grapes too, which I think is cool. Oh, that is cool. Oh, so cool. I, I like love that. that. I, I do want to say that 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 reminds me I haven't uh, acknowledged this on the podcast in a while but Kevin you were more than six months sober more than seven more than seven months yeah, sober dude. yeah, yeah I just, just want to say you. I'm so fucking proud of you and you're thank, killing it thank you man uh yeah f- sparkling botanicals are becoming my new thing now <laughs> I, 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 have you guys seen those no oh tell me Cat Melheim's it. been getting into them. People are infusing botanical herbs and some of the... Fr- it's very similar to kombucha, but it's not kombucha, yeah. right? But they're called sparkling botanicals now, and I've been seeing a lot of advertisements for those. And like, Yeah, I feel like I've seen those too. Like yeah. internet-targeted Instagram ads. Yep. Yeah, the um, fucking Instagram ads are, are... They're great right now. Well, they're good. They're, they're also, great. They're like... They've uh, been helping me. <laughs> yeah, I saw... Ours are helping me. Yeah. I saw an ad for hop water the other day. I was like, they know. That's me. They know. They know <laughs> me, yeah. Um, quick question, just because uh, we... I, I mentioned... Kom- we've mentioned kombucha a few times, um, and I know that you do design work for people. Do you happen to do the design work for Yes Folk? Because I do like... I do! Yes! Oh! I knew it! Wow. I had a feeling. Oh my God, that's great. That's yeah, very no, I had a feeling. I've that's I've exactly always, what I'm looking for. Yeah, I've always liked their um their branding. And it's not the same, and I wouldn't even call it highly similar to, but I have noticed a little bit of like I guess I would say that it's a little bit of your aesthetic and your font preference because I've, I'm like picking up on these things over time as I'm looking around and like, and I really liked theirs and I like how like they're very simple and you tend to go with, I've, I've noticed you like smoothness in your design. <laughs> like the, the things that go out into the world that you've touched have like a relative smooth, like when I pick up Yes Folk, there's nothing harsh about it. There's mm. nothing sharp about it. It's very smooth. It's very welcoming. It's like open hands instead of a pointing finger, you know, like yep. it's very smooth. Right. You always, you always lead them. You never, yeah. that's like, that's a, that's a service industry thing. I remember mm. learning years and years ago. You never point at stuff. If somebody says, where's the bathroom? You never point. You lead them with an open yeah. hand. You yeah. send this over that way. Yeah, I love that. So super that's cool. what I'm doing with my graphic design work. No one's you ever are. said that. You are for those of us who are paying attention. Oh, Kev. <laughs> so that's super cool that you do. I appreciate that, I, Kevin. You're well. You're welcome. It's well deserved. Um, Matt, what's in our mug this week? Uh, uh yeah, <laughs> a lot. You're gonna like this. Uh, so <laughs> earlier today, I I I already brought up the Carlos Belalcazar, so I. I, yeah. I did have some of that today. Oh, you did? Nice. Um, I was brewing up our highlight roast this morning. Mm-hmm. Guava uh, banana. Guava banana. Great stuff. D- double fermented Katura from Colombia. Yep. Super, super fucking juicy and a little funky. For all you anabrobies out there. All you anabrobies. Uh and and then right now we're drinking a coffee from Knockabout. Yes, from Nick Fernia. Yeah, he gave this to us as a little gift. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. When we were roasting with him. He really is. And we, we've actually noticed in noticing patterns, we've noticed that he tends to lean into with his development of coffees, um, especially certain ones that he gets really into bringing in. He tends to lean into this really interesting citrus note that's becoming kind of a like mark of his. Yeah. You ever have a coffee that has like a tomato citrus to it? Not off the top of my head, but it sounds cool. It's very interesting. I like Nick. Nick Fernie and I will actually we'll joke about it. We call them lunch coffees. Oh yeah. yeah. We, oh my god, I love that. Right? Like yeah, we call them lunch coffees and it was perfect because it really like it's the first coffee I've had today first off, uh-huh. which was very interesting. Impressive. Right? Um final question though, probably the most important question of the entire podcast. 
What are you listening to? What's your jam? What do you what what's your what's uh is there like a band or a song or like an album that you've been really into lately? <laughs> um, so yeah. Okay. I have a favorite band and I'm obsessed with them. <gasps> it's a band called Pine Grove. Oh, I love Pine Grove. Oh yeah, yeah. I love Pine Grove. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So me and Matthew, we went through a big Pine Grove phase, and I've had to like wean myself off of them a little bit. You know that thing where you listen to an album so much that you kind of are like making yourself sick of it. I was doing that, and so I had to like wean myself off them. But um, I'm back because it's springtime. It's music that makes me like super happy. I love singing to it. Me and Matthew, whenever we work together at the store, we'll put it on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they kind of live around here. So every once in a while, some of the band will pop into the store, which is very cool. I get starstruck. Um, Matt, what's your jam? Uh, ooh, I got this one. So this is this was a recommendation <laughs> from Kieran Mangles. Uh, ooh. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of a bop. I'm, I'm going to pull is it, it up. Is it perhaps? Oh, boy. He's, he might have sent it to he me. He probably sent it to you, <laughs> Is too. it perhaps BJ the Chicago Kid? <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it. I was like... Yo, <laughs> it's I love so it. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sent it to us at the same time. I bet. Um, totally. Felicity, you ever heard of BJ the Chicago Kid? No. He's good. He work. He's done some work with like Anderson Pack and some re- or Anderson Pack and some really good. Uh, I have. Had, I've had to correct that recently. I've been mm. saying his name wrong ever since I listened to him. Um, he's done a lot of really great work. He's got a super good vibe to him. Really great voice. Like super classic Motown okay. feel. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really good guy. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out. Yeah, I um, f- little tidbit to your Pine Grove thing. I actually learned about them from another local band who loves them called Grape Juice. Ooh, oh, yeah. I don't know that band either. They are not old enough to drink or play in bars yet, but they played a bar which will remain nameless. And I caught them at it like a year ago and was and they were like, This song's by a band called Pine Grove. And it was like my second favorite song that they played. So I went home and listened to Pine Grove that night and was like, Oh, cool. Well I'll add this to the rotation. Yep. Yep. Um I actually I brought on uh what I think what I I'm believing is a specialty just for you because I, I believe that for you, Bay is Drake, correct? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love Drake. Oh my God. I so we actually Matt went through a Drake kick. Uh the Pfeiffer family is is always always in a on Drake a Drake kick? Kick. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And and him bringing that to the podcast two weeks in a row sent me on a Drake kick, right? Yeah, so we're baby. just doing a Drake wave now. Oh, it's yeah. It's um, it's the Drake ting, man. We're doing it, the Drake ting. It's the island ting, He's man. He's a bad boy and he has tings. Yeah. Um <laughs> I I actually I love and I went back to listening to So Far Gone. The uh, like I went back to his early stuff mm. and that that cover of Little Bit that he does with Lika Lee is like, oh, such a good jam. I'll have to go like, back and listen to it's that. It's a feel-good jam. It's yeah. a pop song, but it's, you know, it's Drake. Old Drake doesn't do it for me. <gasps> yeah, that's. What? I know it's a hot take. Yeah, no, I feel the same kind of. Really? I feel it because he was... He Wait, was- but, but old, old Drake on, um, what's that show we used to be on? Oh, Degrassi? Degrassi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not I, talking about Wheelchair Jimmy. I could get down with Wheelchair <laughs> Jimmy. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm i talking about, you know, So Far Gone, Thank Me Later. To, to me, to me it seems like he was still coming into his own as a rapper. He, oh, yeah. You know, his inflections yeah. and his intonation was just kind of just it doesn't do it for me the way that like <laughs> you just cringed. Yeah, because I really because I really love fucking like views oh, and yeah. I right. love. Um, oh, my God. Views. Yeah. One of my favorites for sure. That's so funny. I'm the odd man out on this. Yeah. I really feel like he like like nothing was the same was like one of my favorites and. Nothing was and the same. And everything before that, I love, love, love more than the new stuff Ooh. now. I yeah. picked up Nothing Was the Same. That was like when I, I jumped it. on the Drake train. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. I I got on when I heard um, I heard the song Shut It Down for the first time with, with The Dream. Mm. Yeah, that was my Drake jump off in like 2010. Going home. Oh, love that song. Um, all right. Well, that's all we got. Yeah. Right? I think so. Other than have a great day and keep designing awesome, tactile, smooth things for us to enjoy, please. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, Fel- Thank you so much for coming on. Felicity, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So I actually do all the social media for Superior Merch, Touchy Coffee, my personal Instagram if you want to get more um, dog and graphic design content is at Miss Feliz. Um, my website, if you yeah. happen to want to hire me or check out my work, is uh felicity jones um yeah love it and is that a four like the number four ever because that would have been tight actually i wish it's not. <laughs> yeah F-O-R. i wish i thought of that well that's awesome thank you so much i hope you have a great saturday uh go enjoy pine grove and sunshine yeah and i'm looking forward to bagel sunday so <gasps> hell yeah. yeah me too jalapeno cheese this week are you working tomorrow yeah Every oh, Saturday are? and Sunday. You work every Sunday? Every oh. Saturday and Sunday. Oh, hot damn. Yeah. Well, are you uh, guys coming? Uh, I'm actually considering it now. Yeah. I yeah, mean, because I, I actually just realized I don't think I have anything planned. I don't think I do either. <gasps> you want to go? A little trip down? Yeah, patio's open. I think we know what we're doing on our Sunday, Matt. I think we have a good idea. Thank you for listening so much. Bye, guys. Saturday. <laughs>